All eyes are on the yen and the Bank of Japan in Asian trade this morning. It's just jumped versus the US dollar to 149 to the dollar from nearly 150. And then, in part one of a bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go, is keen to highlight things are perking up in Asia's economies, despite a lot of the tough headlines globally. We're starting to see the improvement broadening beyond China. We've had two, three GDP numbers coming up from Vietnam, from Singapore, from Malaysia and South Korea so far. And they've all exceeded expectations and they've shown signs uh, of growth picking up. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, the yen is rallying this morning on reports that the Bank of Japan might tweak its yield curve control program later today to allow the 10-year JGB, the Japanese government bond, to rise beyond its current ceiling of 1.0%. That makes the yen relatively more attractive and is seen pulling some of Japan's massive foreign reserves back home. Nikkei Asia reported from sources close to the matter this morning the Bank of Japan would consider changing the YCC, the Yield Curve Control Program, later today. I spoke with ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman, on Friday when the yen was languishing at 150 yen to the dollar. It rallied to 149.05 this morning, immediately after that Nikkei report. Here's Marjabin, who was wary of the talk of a YCC tweak soon. We don't expect uh, any change, uh, any tweak to YCC at this meeting. Uh, and of course, not nor do we expect any changes to their negative interest rate policy. We do expect, however, YCC to be abandoned altogether by Q2 2024. I guess the real question at the BOJ meeting will be if there are any upgrades to the inflation forecast. Uh, we had Tokyo CPI today, uh, which came out a little bit higher than uh, the expectation. And so it will be meaningful to see if they adjust inflation forecast for 2024 and 2025. Number two, oil prices are down sharply this morning, with some relief that Israel's incursions into Gaza are only limited at this stage and have yet to spark a wider escalation of the war in the Middle East in a way that would restrict oil supply. Brent crude fell 4% overnight to be around 87 US dollars a barrel, Elsewhere, the World Bank warned that any widening of the war in the same way as seen in 1973, the Yom Kippur War, would see oil prices spike to over $150 a barrel. That hasn't happened yet. The relief saw riskier commodity currencies firm this morning. The Aussie dollar was up at 63.73 US cents at 5 o'clock Australian time, while the Kiwi dollar was up at 58.34 US cents. The S&P 500 up 1%, and the US 10-year government bond yield was up four basis points at 4.89%. Number three, ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, sees the US Federal Reserve deciding early on Thursday morning Australian time to hold the Fed funds rate unchanged. And the Fed have given the recent guidance that uh, bond yields have risen sharply and that led to a tightening in monetary conditions. So they're just going to hold fire for the time being, despite the fact that growth is strong. But they do expect it is going to slow. The Fed will be watching the data very, very closely, and they will want to see confirmation that the economy is slowing in line with their assumptions uh, for them to be able to hold interest rates steady. Number four, Australian retail sales growth came in stronger than expected at 0.9% in September 
but that's unlikely to be the start of a rebound. Here's ANZ Economist for Australia, Maddie Dunk. While on face value, the number looks very strong, when you dig into the detail of the report, I think a lot of the factors driving that rise do appear to be temporary. So, for example, department store spending was up because we've had warmer weather than normal and people have been going out earlier to get their summer clothing. We had the new iPhone released and that helped to boost household goods sales. And people have also been spending more at the pharmacies because we had those new laws introduced in September, which allow people to get 60 days worth of medicine from a single script. So I think that while today's number was very strong, it's probably going to be a one-off rather than the start of a rebound in spending. Number five, labour market results for the September quarter are due in New Zealand tomorrow and they're expected to deliver more of a gradual loosening in conditions. Here's ANZ New Zealand economist Henry Russell. The unemployment rate is expected to tick up and the labour market broadly is moving closer to what we'd call maximum sustainable employment, but we're not quite there yet. And as a result, the labour market is still inflationary and we are still seeing strong wage pressures. That said, the Reserve Bank's expectation for the labour market is broadly consistent with what we're expecting to see tomorrow. So we don't think it's going to be a game changer for them uh, for the November meeting. Henry Russell there. Now it's time for part one of our bonus deep dive interview on how Asia's economies are doing much better than the global headlines might suggest. Here's ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go. It's important to acknowledge that they are starting to be signs of improvement in Asia. And it's not just China. We know that China's latest data, including the QT, GDP and retail sales, came in better than expected in the third quarter. Uh, and recently, uh, the Chinese government has announced an increase in their fiscal deficit. So they are uh, providing more fiscal stimulus towards infrastructure and other projects, which will help to drive the, the recovery. But we're starting to see the improvement broadening beyond China. We've had Q3 GDP numbers coming up from Vietnam, from Singapore, from Malaysia and South Korea so far. And they've all exceeded expectations and they've shown signs uh, of growth picking up. And importantly as well, given that exports is very important for this part of the region, we're also starting to see improvement in the region's export numbers as well. So some countries like Vietnam, uh, Taiwan, for example, have seen a return to year-on-year export growth. And even those economies that are still seeing exports declining, it's declining at a smaller rate. (laughs) And I think by end of the year, we should start to see more broad-based improvement in exports across the board, which will continue to drive the recovery in growth that we're seeing in the third quarter, uh, filtering through into the fourth quarter and hopefully early next year. Because there's actually been some central bank uh, action in Asia, which may be surprised a, a, a few people and reflects some of that more uh, positive growth story in Asia. Well, we've seen uh, two central banks in particular in Asia hike rates recently, Bank Indonesia and um, the Philippine Central Bank, BSP. Now, they are hiking for slightly different reasons, not because uh, that growth or inflation is problematic, but mainly because of the strength in the U.S. dollar and the rise in U.S. bond yields. Uh, We've seen both the rupiah and the Philippine peso come under tremendous pressure. Uh, and as a result, uh, both central banks 
felt the need to hike interest rates in order to maintain that yield differential with the U.S. Uh, to dampen the depreciation pressure uh, on their currency. Because ultimately, the concern is that you know, if pressure on the currency continues to persist, and there's a potential that it could seep through into higher imported inflation. So they're trying to be, be uh, ahead of the curve uh, in, uh, in taking that decision to hike rates. Why do you think um, uh, Asia is being more resilient here? Because the very strong US dollar and the sharp rise in uh, global interest rates, and in particular US interest rates, often uh, will slow down developing economies and uh, in the past have you know, really stressed uh, some of the economies in Asia. Well, we've actually already had quite a slowdown in Asia in the first half of this year. Uh, I mean, the economic data largely surprised the downside in the first half. So I think base effects do play a part. But I think importantly as well, we've uh, already had uh, quite a lot of tightening, not only in the US, but uh, across Asia since last year. I think a lot of that tightening impact is, has already worked its way through. Uh, and you know, starting to see a bit of a, a recovery as the, all these concerns and talk about a, a US recession hasn't actually panned out. Can go there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, October the 31st. Catch you tomorrow with the results from that Bank of Japan meeting later today and China's fresh PMI data. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.